and welcome to Unashamed, a Smut Lovers podcast where we just want to talk about smut. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Courtney. And we are still in the Unlucky 13 world. Woohoo. I'm going to be sad when it's over. I am too. I'm really I've enjoying really it. Like, yeah, I've come to really love the universe. Like, I feel like it's set up really well. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I will definitely be sad when it's over. Um, today we're doing Scandal by T. Ashley, who is an author that we feel like we've read but we haven't. It's just a name that like resonates. I don't know. Yeah, I I could have sworn, but I went through their list and I've never even seen their books before. Not even recommended. Same. It looks like it has pretty decent reviews. It just came out yesterday, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. We got 19 reviews. But um, it is a shorter one. So before we get into everything about it, it's only 214 pages. I think Cora Rose's was similar to that, wasn't it? Yeah, probably Nicole Dykes as well. Like, so I, but it. The blurb doesn't sound like it's going to be a light and fluffy. Yeah, I'm reading it now. So basically, um, he says he comes from a long line of con artists and crooks. And his twin betrays him. And he goes, I think, to the rehab side. That's what it looks like. And he decides to have some fun while he's there. With a man he has a pull to. And he's not who he thought he was. And that that's the gist I got from that. It does look like it's going to be a really angsty one. But it's only 214. Like, okay. Here's. I, I'm not saying I'm. I'm, I'm not saying this is like 100% of the time. But here has been my experience. With shorter angstier books. Like, usually, like, short and angsty don't really mesh. Like, something gets left out. Yeah. That's why, like, my favorite length of book is, like, 400 pages. Like, you can, like, at least. Like, you can get a lot in there, obviously. It's 400 pages. It's not a short book by any means. Um, But that's, like, if I was just reading on my own and looking for an angstier book, like, I may pass on this one just because of my preconceived notions, you know, because usually in my experience, something gets left out because when, when you're doing angst the way I like angst, there are many different ways to do it. But when you're doing it the way I like it, you have to build it up into this like big, potentially beautiful thing and like get you right on the edge of things, tear you down and then put you back together again. And I just find it's hard to seamlessly do that in 200 pages. I'm not saying it's impossible. Um, but I'm interested to see, because I've never read this author before, so I have no idea. I'm interested to see how this author does that. Or maybe we're off base. Because <laughs> blurbs can be misleading and maybe it's not that angsty. That's true. From the blurb, it sounds like some shit goes down. He ends up at the rehab. He meets this man. 
starts falling for him or whatever, builds a connection with him, finds out he's not who he thought he was, is betrayed. And then that's going to have to be built back up for the happy ever after. So the content warnings too lead me to believe it's going to be more on the angsty side. It's got homophobia, mental illness, body, mild body dysmorphic disorder, body shaming, and childhood bully mentions. With a content warning like that, you have to assume it's at least going to be, you know, a little yeah, more no, it definitely, heavy. definitely leads you to believe that it's going to be angsty. I would be surprised if, if all after all of that, <laughs> it was a light and fluffy, right? Uh, but I'm just interested to see how they're going to do it in 200 pages. Fair enough. Whoa, what? Oh, I was trying to find the midway point, and I went way past it. Oh. I have chapter 11. I also have chapter 11. Perfect. Exactly 50%. So I don't have anything else to say. Do you? No, I'm ready to dive in, see what it's all about. Okay, so if you are reading along with us, go ahead and read till chapter 11 and pause here. Okay, we're back. Yeah, it's good. I mean... Yeah. Courtney's sick. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's the yeah. first of the year. The The children become little germ factories and bring everything home to me. This happens to her every year. Oh, yeah. Every year her kids are in school. She's sick the entire time. Mm-hmm. I get a brief respite during school breaks, and then that's just back to being sick all the time. <laughs> um. <laughs> So I'm really enjoying this book. I am too. I think it's really good. It is uh, lighter and fluffier than I thought it would be so far. Oh, I'm sure your shit's about to go down. Like, yeah, we've hit that point where uh, so the uh, one of the main male characters, Beck, he's a reporter and the other one, Austin, was framed by his twin brother. So, yeah, basically, um, his uh, what a piece of shit his twin is. But he, so Austin has birthmarks that are very identifiable. So he has a lot of insecurities surrounding them. He's got port wine birthmarks that start up on his face and basically go all the way down to his calf. N- not one continuous birthmark, but multiple birthmarks. So he's very insecure about them and they make him very recognizable. Well, Aaron, his twin, I don't know if he like dressed up as Austin and like had somebody do makeup and put the birthmarks on him or photoshopped or what, but he basically like paid a tabloid to take a compromising photo posing as Austin. And Austin is, like, so not the kind of person that would do something like that. And so he ended up in Black Diamond and because he was framed. And then Beck, who is a reporter, like, missed out on that story because he was going to follow fake Austin that night and didn't. And then his boss was like, well, you can follow him to to Black Diamond. And that's how they got there. Beck had mentioned that um, the fake Austin was dressed very uh, 
like very revealingly compared to how when he met Austin, Austin covers up from like a turtleneck to jeans, even on the beach. He doesn't go swimming. He doesn't, you know, he, he very much keeps himself covered. And uh, Beck had mentioned that the other Austin was dressed, you know, showing everything almost like, you know, doing it on purpose, obviously, because we know that he was framed and, uh, but Austin doesn't really understand why, because according to him, like his brother has protected him. Yeah. His father's very homophobic. So Austin has taken, you know, protected him from bullies and even their father at some points in his life. So he doesn't really understand why he's being framed, but it seems like from Beck's point of view, both the father and Aaron, the brother, are like just huge pieces of shit. Like they, you know, he's known them or whatever, and knows that they suck. Whereas I think Austin is just like he's that forgotten kid. He works for the company, and technically, he's the heir. Yeah, because he's the oldest, so he, like, according to their father, is supposed to take over for that company even though he's like i don't understand why you don't just let aaron do it because he wants it like he's more cut out for it i don't want it um austin is just like a sweetheart little super squish i feel so bad because like i i have an idea of how it's gonna happen same and i feel so bad for austin because this poor guy has just been shit on for a good percentage of his life and then it's you know, he finds this guy that he's already so nervous around. Like the first time he met him, he was just like, had to like run away because he was like, nope, can't do this. He's just so cute. And now he's going to get his heart crushed. I feel bad. Yeah, this, there's no good way. I, okay, so you said you have a theory about how he finds out, like how the blow up happens. What's your theory? Because so, I have one too. Beck is already has vague reservations about giving these notes. And like, you know, he already doesn't know how it's going to happen because Black Diamond is a very uh, exclusive place where it's literally their job to provide safety and stuff like that and privacy. So he's already having reservations. He already doesn't think that even if he does hand these notes to his editor, they're going to be able to even use any of them because of the NDAs and all of the red tape surrounding Black Diamond. So I think he's going to like not give anything out and then they're going to go back home and he but he's never going to tell Austin. And Austin's going to find out through the grapevine because he's going to let something slip to like his editor or one of his reporter friends. And all of a sudden there's going to be like some way that it gets back to Austin, whether it's like an article about something that Beckett lets slip or um, he just hears through the grapevine and like finds out that Beckett was a reporter the whole time. I have a different theory. I feel like there was some foreshadowing in one of the parts, one of the scenes. And so he writes everything down in a notebook about his experiences at Black Diamond and especially his experiences with Austin every single day. He's writing down everything he learns about him, everything they do together, everything, every single day. And he puts that in his nightstand. And I have a feeling that it's going to get to the point where they're about to be intimate or have sex because he admitted that he's a virgin and that he wants 
Beck to be the one to take his virginity. And I have a feeling he's going to be like, they're going to be in Beck's suite. And he's going to be like, where's the lube? Like, it's in the nightstand. And he grabs a notebook. I have a feeling like something like that's going to happen. Or he needs to get something from the nightstand. Maybe not when they're intimate or after or whatever. But I have a feeling like something like that's going to happen. I forgot about the diary thing. Oh, my God. You're so right. That's actually way better. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. There was like a foreshadowing, like just really detailed explanation of I write all these things down in this notebook every day and I put it in the nightstand and like just a really like detailed scene about that. Like there's no way that's not relevant. True. You're right. I, I don't, don't know if it's going to happen exactly the way I think, but it's going to, it's the notebook is going to be the thing. Oh, okay. No, you're right. You're right. Oh, that so sucks too. Yeah. Can you imagine. Oh, oh, poor, poor Austin. He's just gonna, then, like at that point, he doesn't even have the chance to do the right thing when they go home because like the the writing is like literally in the notebook, you know, like <laughs> writings on the walls at that point. How can you trust anything that this person has been saying to you when they've been writing down every interaction that you've had? And then you find out they're a reporter or whatever, like that snuck into Black Diamond. Like, there's the it just looks so much worse if he finds the notebook rather than like going home and having the chance to do the right thing. True that. But oh. it's only two hundred fucking pages, so I'm yeah. like scared. Let's- How the fuck is this gonna work? Let's dive in because I have been waiting. I finished this book so fast yesterday. It grabbed my attention and I just devoured it. So I am so excited to dive back in and see. I think you're right, though. I think that I completely glossed over. I don't know why. Like I was thinking maybe somebody got a hold of like, you know, because he is writing notes uh, aside from the journal, but he's just been second guessing it the whole time. Yeah, because like legally, there's not a fucking thing he can do. And he knows that. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what my boss was thinking, but like, I'm not going to be able to do anything. But he's writing everything down just in case. Like, at, like at this point, he still plans on finding a way to make this story work. Ooh. I wonder if Austin is going to tell him, like, because he, as far as he knows, Beck doesn't know who he is. He thinks like Beck is just like a marketing or guy. And so I think I wonder if he's going to like after they're intimate, he's going to be like, oh, yeah, like my brother framed me or something. And that's why I'm here. And then like there's going to be. I bet it's going to come out in like a drunk rambling. Yeah. Because when he's sober, he's too like locked down. True that. All right. I'm ready to dive in. (laughs) Me too. Okay, if you're reading along with us, go ahead and read till the end of the book and pause here. Okay, we're back. I liked the book, but I had a couple of issues. I also liked the book. I did not really see any issues, so lay it on me. Uh, so there was no resolution with the twin and oh like, yeah, dad. the whole thing was that he was sent there because his twin tricked the world into believing that Austin was a drug addict and out of control or whatever. And there was no like public 
you know, he didn't even ever acknowledge it or anything. And like he ended up telling his dad to shove it and, you know, said he didn't want his money or the company or anything, which good for him. But there was no resolution around even telling his dad, like, hey, this is what happened. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I had a feeling something was going to be left behind. And I had a feeling that's what it was going to be. And it was kind of framed in a way of like, I just don't even care because he led me to like his actions led me to Black Diamond. And even though he was heartbroken, like he still didn't regret that I feel you know yeah at that stage and then he just left like he get he like reached a point of acceptance a point of freedom and you're right there should have been a resolution to that but I had a feeling that was going to get left behind I mean I'm glad that they did I, I like it when a couple especially one with issues like this or in general there is that that breakup the third act breakup you like Mm-hmm. And I really did like that they took some space. I think it was a few months. Eight months. I, I was going to comment on that, that I was really appreciative of that because it was such a slow burn book. And for only being 200 pages, when it started building up that we like knew the breakup was going to happen at any time now, um, I, w- I was thinking to myself, you know, I really hope that there's just like a break of like, so many months later or whatever and there was and I was like thank god because otherwise I I would have had some serious problems coming into this <laughs> last recording because that that is the only way that it should have been done for such a short book yeah I agree I thought it was good I mean other than that one thing that bothered me I thought it really you know the the getting back together was cute. The article was really cute that he wrote. I thought it was good. I mean, I liked it. Yeah, I feel like there should have been more of a conversation as well Um, when he finally did go back instead of just like, well, I read the article and everything's fine. Like, nah, homie, like he fucking like, he should have had to grovel a little more than that. And he was expecting to have to grovel a little more than that. So I uh, was... um. I mean, it it played out the way that I figured it would, but it would have been nice to have had him work for it a little bit more. But for being 200 pages, I'm very impressed by the way that it all played out. I was too. I thought it was really good. And Austin got growth. He went camping. He made friends. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And he stopped wearing his turtlenecks all the time and... It just, I, I don't know. I'm really impressed by the level of emotion that they were able to convey in such a short time and the amount of slow burn that they were able to, like, do in such a short time. Like, T, Ashley, you go. That was good. It was really good. I, I'll have to check out the author. And I always say that, and then I never do. But I know. I know. But, you know, after reading all these authors, which most of them we have read before, there has only there have only been a few that we haven't read before. And that's actually been like the last couple episodes. And 
I'm really just impressed with these authors. Um, they are, you know, if you really think about it, though, all of the authors that have been in the Unlucky 13 world have been fucking powerhouses. So it adds up that even the authors that we haven't read are powerhouses. I agree. And next week we get to go into Becca Steele's world, which I'm excited for. I really like Becca Steele. Where they finally, my Kindle's been, um, no, it's not Becca Steele. What? My Kindle's been doing the same thing where it's been telling me like two weeks ahead. Go look and see who it actually is. I'm a liar. I'm so excited. Oh, oh my God. Who? If you're excited, I'm excited. Jesse Walker. Oh, yay. Yes. Oh, we my love God. Jesse Walker. No, I'm super pumped. We have, so I know we've said this, but in case anyone was wondering, because Jesse Walker has released books that we have not read, we're waiting to kind of like get a resolution to at least one storyline in like the world that she's building before we jump into them so there's like a lot of like cliffhangery things going on or about to happen or whatever with the books that she has already out and we're just waiting so that when we do an episode on it we can actually have resolution yes so that's why you haven't heard us talk about jesse walker in a while because we are very impatiently waiting for you guys <laughs> yeah can share it with you guys but yeah I mean, I don't really have much else to say. I'm really excited for next week. I feel like I've been waiting this whole series for this moment. Been really excited to read a Jesse Walker book. <laughs> uh, that one's probably going to have angst. Can't wait. Definitely. I know. I am so excited to jump into Jesse Walker is just fantastic with world building and everything like that. So. Yeah. So if you want to read along with us for that one catch us next week yeah thanks guys thanks bye bye